I want to go about fixing it in a way that cures loneliness not only for me, but for everyone else. We're making a new system. Today we talked to Erin Wagner. She's the founder of GoMigo, which is like a virtual assistant for you and your best friend and built on AppGyver. She shares the story of building out the product, going through multiple iterations, and some concrete tips for other developers that she learned the hard way. Thank you so much for joining us today, Erin. We're really excited to have you here. Oh, I'm really excited to be here. I feel like I have learned so much in the past six months that, um, and learned it the hard way for the most part. So uh, it's very cathartic to think that I might be able to pay some of those lessons forward and save some other people a bit of the grief. That's a really nice word to hear <laughs> that's being associated with this podcast. Um, yeah, I'm happy that you feel grief. I'm happy that it's going to be cathartic. Um, And yeah, it has been a few months or maybe several months that since we've talked. And I think when we last spoke, you were still in the process of building GoMigo. Um, And so where where are you at now with that? All right. So the very beginning is that um, in January, I started working in earnest on an app that I had been wanting for many years. Uh, For about five years, I've been living the startup grind. My first two projects failed. The third project was acquired this year, which is awesome. But that is 10, 12-hour days, six, seven days a week. And uh, one of the side effects of that is that I lost touch with pretty much all of my friends and family. I could have gotten together for dinner, gone out to a movie, like fit those things into my schedule, and it would have been really good for me. But that would have required planning it, and I didn't have the time or the bandwidth, so it just didn't happen. And um, so isolation has definitely been one of the the main themes of the past five years for me, even before the pandemic hit. So what I really wanted was an app that would automatically schedule Hangouts for me by comparing me and my friends' calendars and interests. So kind of like Doodle plus Doodle meets Facebook events. Um, so I started working on that in earnest in January, uh, and was still actually with my previous company. So that was like evenings and weekends in addition to my 10, 12 hour days. Um, and, uh, I was, uh, I knew that uh, development is so hard and so expensive. Um, and so I was trying to figure out how can I simplify this? I figured if I could actually build it into a chatbot, there are lots of, I didn't know the term back then, but there are lots of no code chatbot builders where you don't have to know how to code. They just have like drag and drop, or you can build a tree or you can write it like a script. Uh, so then I would just need a custom backend and that probably cuts my development cost in half, right? Right, right. So I started on that using ManyChat, which is a Facebook Messenger bot um, builder, and it's a great tool. It's very user-friendly. I was going to the local college campus and would like build out a section. I would walk around in the student union and ask people, hey, we're, we're paying students $3 to test an app for us. It takes about 10 minutes. Are you interested? So I would build out a feature, instantly have it tested, and then go back, implement their feedback, and be able to turn around and have it tested within minutes again. So that I'm the world's tightest iteration cycle. And I was, I was 
really flattering myself with how years from now I'm going to be on stages telling the story of how Go Me Go had the smoothest, most disciplined <laughs> launch in development history. Uh, and then uh, we were slated to launch on campus on March 16th. And on March 12th, they announced that the students weren't coming back from spring break because of the pandemic. That's, yeah, the worst timing. Yeah. What do you even do with that? So um, I said, well, you know what? Um, people love to get together for meals and restaurants are already, they have all of their like disease spreading prevention protocols in place. Restaurants are probably the thing that are going to stay open throughout this really weird time. Uh, so in one week, we revamped the whole front end and the whole back end to be the go out to dinner with your friends. Uh, and then days after I had that ready, they announced they were closing all of the restaurants. Uh... So at that point, I said, okay, I'm going to take a break. And I refinished the floors in my living room. And I wrote a whole bunch. I wrote five years worth of Christmas letters. Uh, <laughs> and just kind of like passed the time for a couple of months until yeah. a new user behavior emerged. Mm -hmm. And in, by May, Zooming with friends was now a thing. Virtual hangouts. Yeah. So I right. went through yeah. and revamped the whole front end and the whole back end again to be really built around the idea of this is the Zoom with your friends app, uh, well, chatbot. Uh, and um, in early, mid-May, mid-May, uh, finally just had the whole thing done. It was fully functional. And I wanted for the very first uh, users, my friends and family, I wanted to see them using it. So I had all of these calls set up so that I could observe them in the process. And five out of six of them could either not get to the chat or could not get mm. back to the chat. Okay. So it turns out that uh, Facebook has some tools that make it really easy to get into conversations, messenger conversations with friends. Um, for example, if you're on the Facebook page, then you can easily message. But if you're coming from the outside, like if you want people to be able to link into it from an email or you want them to go mm -hmm. to a website where it's embedded, those tools, that link and that widget are controlled by Facebook and they are not stable. They do not right. work. So yeah, I have noticed that. Okay, not just me. <laughs> no. uh, so it's not... I've spent like $10,000. I've spent four months of my life. I had already left the previous company that was in the process of being acquired. Um, and uh, like, I like completely had to start from scratch. It, that was, I was so careful in choosing the platform. I figured mm -hmm. tons of people are on Messenger. Like this is going to work out. Um, but I just did not see that gating factor. So here I am. I've built it from scratch. I've revamped it twice. Now I have to start from scratch again. Out. Mm -hmm. Out. How did you have the motivation to to try again? Like again? <laughs> uh, I have been wanting to build this app for ten years, and uh, like I said, isolation has really hurt me, and it simply needs mm. to be fixed. And I really believe in it, not only from the 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 personal standpoint, I need this app. You guys, I can't even yeah. tell you I need this app. Uh, but I know that one in five Americans, even prior to the pandemic, experienced social isolation to the point that they were having the same health outcomes as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Oh, oh wow. 
it's a pandemic and it's something that people don't talk about because they're ashamed of. I didn't talk about it prior to the pandemic, but it's, um, it's it, oh, like, well, like, we can all relate to that now as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's not shame around yeah. it anymore. Yeah. Everyone's yep. going through the same thing everywhere. So it's, it's now this universal issue. Yeah. Uh, it's true though, that if I didn't have this like deep, deep, deep personal connection to this, that I, there's no way I would have iterated that much. Like I wasn't going to do that level of work and investment in energy in order to build the next QR code scanner. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, the story continues. Um, now I had back in January when I very first started, I had been, I had gone and looked for no code app builders but they all seemed pretty limited or just really expensive, like 500 bucks a month. Mm. Holy cow. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I had done that look, that search like early January, had moved forward with Messenger. Now it was May and I needed to reevaluate everything. So I looked at 50 different chatbot builders, started building the mm. product out in, I think, six, five or six of them. Uh, and every single one of them just had some limitation that was going to make it not work. That's when it was, I think, early June. I was trying to figure out what do I do with this? Because um, I have even less money now than I had before. And a fellow entrepreneur mentioned AppGyver. So I looked into it and was like, okay, like big promises. They say I can build anything. Mm, we'll see. I've been disappointed. <laughs> so many times by so many different platforms that I'm going into this with a huge amount of skepticism. Um, and I even went on their forums and posted like, be honest with me, does this work? <laughs> I, I, I really would just love to know upfront. Uh, and the response I got was from, I don't know if it said Harry or Hari, but the, the product um, lead. And uh, he, he said, okay, take it with a grain of salt. You know, it's the head of product on this, but I'm pretty sure it works. So I yeah. started building out in AppGyver and um, it, it was like, I, I will never go back to anything that nice. requires like code. It was and I even started building out in Adalo and uh, what are the other ones? There were two other um, no-code app builders that I tried, but the word that really describes it is just sophisticated. When I was going through yeah. all of these other platforms, you had platforms that could do almost nothing and you had platforms that could do a lot, but the user interface was so cumbersome. Mm -hmm. I could tell that even if I finished the app, I was not going to make it through. I was going to kill myself in the process. Like it would make my life miserable. And here all of a sudden I had a platform that does have a learning curve and I could not have made it through, could not have made it through if it weren't for the forums where the, the developers actually go on and answer your questions directly. Even though um, I was able to be on it for free, um, it, the, the developers still would help me directly. So it has a learning curve, but I kept trying to throw my, my most difficult um, features at it first, and it kept resolving them. I would hit a block and be like, oh, this is it. This is the one that's yeah. going to kill it. I'm gonna <laughs> now, and I'm going to give the devs a chance, but I'm pretty sure this is the one that's going to kill it. <laughs> and for about five weeks, that was it. And finally, I hit the point that I was like, no, if I have a problem, it's because I'm using it wrong. Um, the platform is so elegant. It 
it gets out of the way of the development of what I am building. I don't have to think about the platform very much at all, um, which is the ultimate compliment in software. So that's really great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then in, in September, I finally got to like have the app live and it was very, I did not promote it at all. It was very small. It was just me. I sent invitations to like 20 of my friends and I think 12 of them went ahead and set up their accounts. Most of them did not know that I was working on this. I just sent it to them cold to see who would accept it or not. (laughs) And you guys, September to October was like the greatest four weeks of my life. Oh, nice. So let me tell you my experience actually using my product, GoMigo. Um, I sent invitations. I went through all of my contacts. And it's like, I have like 800 contacts in my phone. It's a lot. But um, I went through and uh, was like, you know what? Like that really good friend who officiated at my wedding, who I haven't talked to for five years. Of course I want to talk to him. I'm going to invite him, connect with him. And my four or my three really good friends from high school, one of whom I haven't talked to since high school. It was 17 years ago. Um, uh, the other one I've only talked to once. And that was like two years ago. She happened to be in town. So we connected. And and uh, so I sent invitations to them. And, um, you know, my really good friend from college who I love, who I haven't talked to in probably four years. Because, again, I have had zero investment in my social well-being this whole time sent an invite to her and twice a week I had it set to twice a week twice a week I magically had hangouts put onto my calendar with my favorite people in the entire world that's so cool yeah yeah that's really sweet it literally I mean it was kind of a mix between a personal assistant and like a fairy godmother where you don't even have exactly it's her magic wand (laughs) And then there was this whole other dimension to it that I didn't even expect, which was that, so I get on and Gomigo even generates the video chat link and everything. So all I have to do is like click it and then I open and there's my favorite person and I get to gushing and catching up with them and, and it felt so good. Uh, and then at the end, they'd be like, oh, Aaron, let's like, let's not wait another four years. Let's connect more often. And I said, well, you have no choice. Because as soon as I've gone through all of my friends, it's going to be, I'm going to see you in like two months. We're never going to go this long again. Uh, And so the emotional experience of that was that it felt like all of my favorite people all over the world moved on to my block. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) And I should, let me give just a little more context. My relationship with isolation extends way beyond just these last five years. Half of my family is autistic, including both of my parents. And I feel like my family's autism and the fact that I was raised in our own flavor of an autistic family culture is my superpower. You asked why I could keep Mm -hmm. sticking with this thing that that requires so much focus for so long. Well, it's deeply personal. And I come from a place where like just really sticking with things and focusing for insane periods of time like that's. It is our superpower, but there's a flip side, of course, um, which is that we weren't really raised with much of a social education. And I Mm -hmm. have always felt like I've looked at how the world interacts and I've just been baffled. It makes no sense. It's not logical. I don't understand what's going on and something must be wrong with me. Um, Now, so then that, when you, when you grow up with that, that leads to really intense social anxiety. Uh, And I would say that I was like solid 
late 20s when I started getting a handle on the anxiety and the social skills. But even even now I'm 36, I would say every few months I have one more epiphany about, oh, that's why people do what they do. So Mm -hmm. like my relationship with isolation is a lifelong story. And it's it this the loneliness that can come from that is something that I'm just not going to let happen to me anymore. And I'm, I want to go about fixing it in a way that cures loneliness, not only for me, but for everyone else. We're making a new system. I love yeah. it. Uh, what I what I really enjoy about this, what I love about this story is that, I mean, it has been such a terrible year for so many people and it's just been really, really difficult. But this is actually creating a really positive solution and a positive space for people. And even that even goes beyond what people were experiencing, maybe something that people were already experiencing for years and years. And and like you said, just didn't want to talk about it or there wasn't anything to address it head on. And and this does that. Thank you. I agree. I'm so I, really fingers crossed that once, you know, a vaccine is out there widely available and life starts going back to normal people will will have access to this and we will all ask ourselves what on earth did we do before how did we ever do anything before <laughs> and the answer the answer will be we didn't do a whole lot right Amazing. and you mentioned you mentioned yep. that <laughs> with all of this stuff that you went through uh, so you would like to give some tips right for people also who want to do you know everything by themselves so where should they look if they want to you know start their own project <laughs> from scratch <laughs> from scratch okay as a person who has lots of experience in starting right. from scratch here is what i wish i knew early on number one um do still keep a rapid prototype mentality uh so when you think i want to build software that does x build it out in AppGyver with the front end without building out the back end just like put in kind of hard code data into it Um, and do it as a desktop app, like build it out so that it can look good on, on the web, um, and still have a tight iteration cycle, figure out Mm -hmm. how to find a pool of people who are your target user that you can access often. For me, it was university Mm -hmm. students. So I physically went to the university campus, did my development in the student union, walked up to people, you know, waved $3 bills in their faces. Um, (laughs) and, um, But if yours is, maybe you're building software for dentists, then you should call up the five dentists closest to you and say, hey, could I have like a weekly 10 minute call set up with you to look over stuff that I'm doing? Like whatever you can do to like build in your pool. Yeah. Uh, Another thing I did that was super helpful is I put two posts on Craigslist, one in Brooklyn and one in uh, LA and said, I will pay you $15 to do a 30 minute uh, user test with me. And I got like 20 responses. Uh, and I did not say it was going to be at a specific time. I just said, when we need to user test, I will reach out to you. If you're available, you get the $15. If you're not available, that's mm-hmm. fine. We'll keep you on the list. So that meant that every time I needed to test something um, and I couldn't be on campus, I, I might need to make like three to five phone calls, but I had a list of 20 people. Someone was going to be available. So that was another really great way to get consumer level testing. Um, So number one is like building your test pool. Number two, you want to build it as a web app first, even if you're planning on it being uh, a a native app. And mine, for example, we need Mm. to be able to um, access their device contacts and you can only do that through a native app. 
but build it as a web app first because you can iterate that so much faster. If you have it as a, a native app, you have to submit it to the app stores, even if you're doing yeah, it yeah. as like a beta, so it doesn't have to be officially approved. It still takes extra time. So do it. And that's a whole journey on its own. Yes. So do it for web first. Yep. Um, and then you can really hone what the user experience needs to be. Uh, and then you can start building it out uh, more robustly. Another thing is um, uh, make yourself some templates. And you can't really make yourself templates until you know what it's supposed to be. But at that point, make yourself some templates so that um, all of the standard stuff you need to have on the page, you already have styled out. You already have in the right places. It's exactly the same on every single page. Um, because as I was kind of building it organically, you end up doing it slightly differently on every page. And then when you do need to make a change, it's really laborious to remember how to make that adjustment. So this last time when I re started rebuilding from scratch, I just made myself templates, went through assigned um, styles, like standard styles to every single element on there, which takes, I mean, that's quite a bit when you have like 50 components on a page, that's a lot of clicking to get that set up. But it's so much easier to maintain. Mm. Uh, let's see. What would I say next? Here's a really big one. We uh, bear, bear in mind, and this is where it's really helpful to have a developer mentor. Maybe I just need to say that. Get a developer mentor. Because there's a mm. lot of stuff that you do need to... It, that someone who's a developer is going to be able to give you a heads up about that you might never figure out on your own. So one of those for me was the difference between production and development um, environments. I don't even know if environments is the right word, but um, we ended up when we were building out all of our uh, web hooks, our REST API endpoints within AppGyver so that it mm -hmm. could talk to the back end instead of typing out you know, okay, the, the URL for this is https colon slash slash myapi.com. What we did was we, we had handlebars with a dynamic, um, uh, some content, and it was apihost.com. And then as one of our app variables, we set the API host so that when I, when I am developing, it could be pointed at our development server and then when we're ready to put it into production, I change it to point to the production server. So I just change that that URL. Um, and it uh, I just change that in a single place in the app uh, variables. And um, then like we now have it ready to build for production. Because before that, I would have had to have changed it in, I don't know, 200 different places. I don't know oh. how many web apps I have. Like, I... Well, and I guess I should, it would have just been on the the um, basic, like where you configure the webhooks, but I still have probably 75 different webhooks. Um, so keeping in mind, talking to a developer early on uh, to understand what do you need to do for production versus development. Right. Uh, uh, I feel like that could apply to a lot of different fields as well, because in general, once you're starting off with an, in a new field, in yeah. a new area, it helps to have somebody who's who's gotten their hands dirty in that same exact you know activity mm. before, and they can kind of show you the ropes. Yes. So, yeah, that's a great idea. Totally agree. What else do I wish I had known in January or in June? Um, 
Uh, here's one thing. I One of the big changes we made with this most recent start from scratch is, again, like we're building an app that helps motivated friends get their lazy friends to actually chime in for the planning process. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And so for the lazy friend, we need it to be basically frictionless. We need to make it hard for them to not give their information up. And so we created an alternate sign up process. So there's the usual one where you're like, I want to have an account. I will put in my phone number and create a password. But on the other hand, for every person who receives an invitation, they get this really, really, really long encrypted custom code um, identifier on all of the links that go into their messages, kind of like you get, well, no, exactly like you get when you need a reset email Mm -hmm. reset password email. They know it's you because you have this really, really long, impossible to crack identifier in that link. And so I, and I decided we were just going to use that across the board. And so uh, an invited user, they don't even have to create a login or a password. They can just come in which invitation this pertains to. We're going to start saving the schedule information that they give us and they can get back into it anytime as long as they're clicking a link out of one of the the notifications they received um, about what their friend was inviting them to. And of course, they they are invited and strongly encouraged to also create the regular login. But I feel like, uh, and I had my husband test it last night and he didn't even, like, it was such a smooth experience. He didn't even realize that he hadn't logged in. Wow. Very sneaky and very clever. <laughs> yes. It's super cool to see kind of how you started from the inception of the idea and you, you've gotten to this point. So <laughs> bravo on that. Evolved. And I will say, this <laughs> is not, like, there have been hundreds of social planning apps, hundreds, every pitch yeah. competition at every mm-hmm. college always has just sure. one person, usually five or 10 people who are like, here's the new way we're going to help people get together. And yet not one of them has become the 800 pound gorilla that everyone uses. Not one of them is mm. able to really fundamentally solve this problem. And I do not yet believe that what I have configured is going to achieve that. But what I know is that I will only be able to achieve that if I can rapidly iterate. And the only way that I can rapidly iterate is if I can have control over it myself. I cannot do this without no code. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Erin, you gave so many tips. (laughs) I mean, I'm still I'm still shocked by the by the fact uh, that your passion just went through and I actually I saw you know the designs in your page and I've tried to find it on um on the Apple store but it's not there yet right I took it down yeah when I realized I needed to rebuild from scratch I didn't want to be yeah. trying to as I maintain something else simultaneously so I did take it down yeah so I will wait <laughs> for the notification <laughs> because I'm definitely want to try it out you know with my friends because it's easy to to see and it's a nice idea to you know automatically plan hangouts but like I would really tr- want to try you know it in action and as you said when you just you know go go to a store and then boom this meeting pops up and it's like you're seeing a friend so i'm just i want to experience that definitely i will say one more thing which is that this has uh, i have been the beneficiary of i have been the beneficiary of some very meaningful mentoring yeah both regarding the development like mentoring from my developer and also like my brother's a developer i hit him up with questions all the time but even mm-hmm. on just the bigger scope of business and life and i um 
am more than happy to pay that forward. If there are people who want to get into no code or maybe are into it, but are having some difficulty, I would be happy to hop on a call or two to like pay forward a little bit, help people learn quickly what took me the slow route. So if people want to reach out, they can reach me at hello at gomigo.app. Uh, H-E-L-L-O at G-O-M-I-G-O dot A-P-P. Hello at gomigo.app. I'm happy to give everyone a call or two just to help you along in your journeys. We're going to include that. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here, Erin, and keeping everyone posted on the Gomigo saga. I'm I'm sure it's going to be really epic when it, <laughs> when you get it done. Here's hoping. Have a great day, everyone.